the next few months I want to explore with you on the Wednesdays and also on the Sundays uh, how to find a way to live in a world which is so full of suffering, so full of pain, so full of problems. So how to find a way to live in that? Without falling into despair, without falling into hopelessness. being inspired by um, people who, who seem to be real uh, role models for us, you know, people we find inspiring, people who respond to the suffering in the world with kindness, with care. Uh, they respond to the suffering in the world with bringing out the best within them. And that is the choice we also have. Because the best in them is also the best in us. And it's such, such a... It's horrifying uh, to see what kinds of idols we have in our culture. on the top, on the list of people what, want, what they want to do with their life is to become famous. That's number one. So, is there something you would like to put, something else, something different you want to put on your list? So the, a person who uh, discovers the best within her and really works on bringing that out into the world in the Buddhist tradition is called the bodhisattva. <coughs> Bodhi is uh, the Sanskrit word for awakening. Sattva means being. So it is a woman uh, using her life to bringing out the best in her her kindness, her creativity, her joy, her love, her tenderness. Really like common human values. It's not Buddhist or it's not Scandinavian. It's, it's, uh, it's like uh, basic human values which uh, everyone agrees upon. So why is it so difficult for us to be kind, to be genuinely caring? Why is it so difficult for us to step beyond our self-centered preoccupation with our feelings, with our needs, with what is happening in our life? Why is it so difficult? Why is it that we are so, so hooked on our private stories and And uh, the teachings on how to cultivate, cultivate bodhisattva hood in your life, they, they talk about that. They, they, uh, 
they talk about the reasons and they talk about how to uh, how to break out how to f- how to uh, how to break out of that the attitude which uh, then is being discovered by a bodhisattva is called bodhicitta in same the bodhi bodhi stands stands for awakening and awakening here means awakening your potential awakening becoming courageous to to really bring out what what is uh, what is what is in you like to, coming out coming out of who you are And cheetah is uh, cheetah is heart or mind or essence, so it could be translated as the awakened essence. And I would like to um, look into the traditional teachings on how, in the Tibetan tradition, it's being taught um, how to uh, how to nurture that flame within you, uh, that flame of uh, that, that longing to serve, that longing to contribute, that longing to make a difference, that longing we all have to love, to, to put love into the center of our life, not, not fame. It's so hollow. That's not what we are really here for. And I want to look at it a bit also from a Western psychological point of view, because within the within the traditional approaches, there's traps we can fall into. <coughs> and it's so difficult not to fall into that traps that I almost want to say, don't come. <laughs> don't come to traditional teachings. <laughs> they, they might not, they might not really, they might not be really helpful. So I hope that I somehow can share this in a way that it is really helpful for you, for your individuation as the woman you, you are as the man you are, and not uh, putting some kind of strange trip on you. So part of uh, the, the development of the individuation, bringing out the best in you, following the call, is uh, to attend to your emotional wounding to your psychological wounding. And, and if that does not happen, then the teachings on bodhicitta, they, are, they become, you know, they become so, so, then there's this gap between the ideas how you should be and what is actually needed and where you are in your life. 
and there is a lot of pretense. No, pretending to be kind is not to be kind. Ignoring that you're actually not such a good person. And not attending to that. You know, not 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 attending to what is called uh, in the Western psychology the shadow. You know, that there is meanness in you and jealousy and self-centeredness. And that we have to look after that. And the way to look after that is to bring it into the light and to look at it. So, yes, on one, ha- on one hand we have this potential in us, this calling to, to serve, to make this world a better world. And on, on the other hand, we are not good people. That's also true. That's not, uh, that's not um, permanent, that is not fixed, that is not like uh, something which uh, is uh, unchangeable or it's like our deepest nature you know, according to the Buddhist teachings our, our, our deepest nature is that goodness but we also need to take care of the other part and the other part emerges because we are wounded not because we are bad Of course, this is not going to be a psychotherapeutical course or something like that. Um, but I will, uh, you know, uh, at least I, I want to encourage you to do also personal emotional work. And I will come back to that again and again. Uh, we can't become a bodhisattva on a meditation cushion. That's not going to. Uh, that's not going to bring the bodhisattva. It's part of the bodhisattva's path, but a lot of our stuff needs to come out in relationship because that's where it emerges and that's that that's where it developed. You know, in our relation, in our first relationships with our parents, and uh, I completely agree with uh, like thinkers like Ken Wilber who say. It's a mistake to think that through meditation and through Buddhist practice, traditional Buddhist practice, you can really bring out, bring forth bodhicitta. I don't believe that. But of course, now we are here to hear what is uh, the, what are the methods in the Buddhist tradition. So that's the main thing I will emphasize on. Um, it is a practice. So what that means is also all I can do is uh, uh, to inspire you to share how to do these practices. But then it's actually your call, if this makes sense to you, uh, to pick practices and actually do them. Otherwise, uh, it's almost a waste of time to listen to Buddhist teachings. It can change a bit your thinking, and it's like you know a bit more, but um, uh, the, 
the individuation, the growth, uh, rests on practice. And, and that's what all the, of course, all the, the masters and the role models we have in the Tibetan tradition, what they also did. The Dalai Lama was not uh, a role model for embodied bodhicitta from the beginning. He had to uh, he had to cultivate that. He had to uh, he had to w- he had to work with these methods. Bodhicitta, and I'm going to continue to to use this word because it's quite difficult to translate it. And tonight I want to explain a bit the different facets of bodhicitta, what bodhicitta is, the awakened heart, the awakened essence. It's the most precious thing. It's really the heart of the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. It's the heart of the Mayana path. And it's, uh, it's something which we all possess as our birthright. We are born with that. It's something which uh, we, we are, it's something we are allowed to discover in this life. It's more a discovery rather than a de- development. It's a discovery of who you really are and with that there needs to be healing of your wounding at the same time also. Because it's your wounding, your mistrust, which uh, our fears, which uh, makes us self-centered, not trusting, not opening not giving. So, let's sit quietly for a few minutes um, and then I will uh, talk a bit about the facets of bodhicitta. So if you just check your posture, so it's comfortable, relaxed. And if you like, you can close your eyes. Just notice what happens when you start to pay more attention to your inner life. And just take a few minutes to check in. How how, how are you just now? What did you bring with you into this moment? And your breath can be a support in this movement from the head into the body. So with the in-breath you slide 
with your awareness into the body, down into your feet. So you become aware of your own energy. And then with the out-breath I invite you to let go of unnecessary tension. Let go of the control freak of all the self-improvement projects of the meditator. So with the in-breath you meet yourself as you are in this moment, like you would meet a friend. And you and with the out-breath you give space. How's your belly? your shoulders, your face, again the whole body. And of course thoughts continue to arise. Maybe there's some, still something going on from today. And that's okay. But allow, allow to be less important. really drop down into your body, into your hands, into your belly. Softening and opening. And nothing is excluded, so you don't need to change anything. Let yourself be as you are. And then when you notice that you emphasize the commentary, so you're more occupied with what is not happening, and you drop back into what is happening in this moment. Life as it is just now.
and returning and popping back. Notice the difference between being fused or carried away or entangled with your thoughts and having a bit of a distance, a bit of space, a bit of rest. Rest with the breath. into your belly, noticing the rising and falling of your belly with the breath. And as best as you can make this a kind meeting, a gentle meeting with yourself. Then if you notice that you try to fix your experience, you try to feel better, or you try to push something away or get something, then you make this movement of letting go with the out-breath. It's like a flower opening or a fist opening. You just let go. Then, if it feels good for you, let's invoke the presence of one of those role models. A role model for you of kindness, of care, of, uh, of genuine presence. And that could be the Dalai Lama or the Karmapa, that could be Jesus, that could be another mentor you have in your life. Maybe your grandmother, your grandfather. Bodhisattvas are everywhere. They are not more often in the Buddhist tradition or in the Christian tradition. So just notice who comes to your to your mind. be people you have met or people who inspire you through their life.
and then allow yourself to feel that embodied presence, that embodied presence of kindness. Maybe you can feel the warmth. Maybe there's a kind of light radiating from them. Kind people, they are so beautiful. And maybe you had experience with someone of uh, genuine concern, genuine care, a moment where you, which made you feel safe and welcomed and seen. How does a moment like this feel in your body? At the end of this meditation, I would like to invite you to connect with a heartfelt sense of an intention for this evening, for this day, for this week. Or is there something which is really important to you? Something which really matters? Don't think so much about it. Feel, feel into your body. Is there something which wants to emerge? A direction you want to go? Why are, why are you here? What is your longing? What is what you are looking for? Knowing that you are going to die.
So one um, one way to approach the question, uh, what is bodhicitta, is to uh, connect with uh, the embodiment of bodhicitta. So not so much from the understanding, putting more words into our mind. Uh, I, later I will give you the quite short definition how this uh, bodhicitta is being defined. But that is not really... That's not really it. And uh, this is, uh, I think, what for many who uh, are drawn to the Tibetan Buddhist tradition is, uh, is so important to, to meet uh, masters who, uh, who are embodiment, who, who embody bodhicitta, who are it. And uh, so I mentioned uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama And uh, that is, I think, what, what, what everyone is drawn to. Why His Holiness? I remember uh, many years ago, it was in Australia, about 20 years ago. Um, I was in Melbourne, and His Holiness gave a public talk in the tennis centers there. <clears throat> and so we were going there and it was like it's, it felt like the whole city was, uh, was like streaming uh, into this stadium and there were 20,000 people um, in this uh, huge build, in this huge thing and it was like a you know, this steep and so it was full and um, and in the middle of that, uh, where people would play tennis, uh, there was like a little stage and a microphone. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, so and then people were waiting there, and there was this kind of excitement uh, in the air. And then, and then suddenly it got quiet. And there was no light show, you know, <laughs> no like big announcement and, you know, these excited voices they do uh, when they spot uh, events and nothing, you know, just silent. And, and then, I mean, it was so small, you know, <laughs> from where I was sitting, like, so small. Out his holiness walks in his uh, sandals. You know? I, I couldn't see, but uh, I couldn't see the sandals. But in the sandals and like a little red bag, and that's it. And he came to the in, onto the stage. He walked towards the microphone, and he was just like, like this. You know? Twenty thousand people who hardly could see him. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like they felt like loved you know people get, got wet eyes it's, uh, it's amazing and there was you know and then he just 
started to talk as he talked talks in very simple in simple ways and it it was really moving to i mean it was moving to feel the response of the people and that's bodhicitta so it is uh, they they say there's like this this two qualities in bodhicitta is it's the compassionate presence without a reference so it's like it's not directed toward towards someone particular it's just like you know you uh, you you can you like you bathe in it yeah so you bathe in it that's that's one one part of uh, bodhicitta and the other is when you uh, when you then would talk with his holiness like directly then you would like be really seen and be really recognized like people who have met his holiness they say i i felt i'm the most beautiful and the most precious person in the world for his holiness they say i think i've never felt loved like that ever so that's that's like the kind of focused focused uh, part of bodhicitta and uh, uh, no we ha- we are meeting this we are meeting this presence you know uh, in people we have experiences of it can be a stranger somewhere it can be just a person in a shop it can be just a bus driver sometimes you have this kind of you go onto a bus and then it's it's mostly mostly it's an immigrant who has this kind of embodied kindness and and you feel like wow that's great you know it's a happy bus and 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 uh, and, and this this immigrant he might not even think of him as spirit or probably maybe he does but uh, but it's like just this uh, this quality of genuine warmth of genuine uh, of genuine humanity and and i don't think you find that more often in spiritual circles or in buddhist circles now we are here but but you know i think in the bridge club next door it's probably more likely you find it there <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's silly to think that we are doing something grand and special here yeah in the bridge club they look after each other as well and they know each other and they talk and they connect with each other and they help each other one of the my uh, role models is uh, uh, one of the most important teachers is for me is lama sopa rinpoche and uh, he has that same that same <coughs> presence that that compassionate embodied presence where you can kind of bathe in which is not personal 
but then he also has this amazing clarity and presence when he talks with you and really sees you. And uh, what is also part of uh, this embodied bodhicitta is a tireless, spontaneous service, which comes from a, from a deep joy, from a deep freedom. It's not exhausting at all. So his, his main attendant, uh, he, his name is Roger, who is serving him now since, I don't know, 14, 15 years. He said to me, <coughs> from the first day when I took over this job, 15 years until today, we didn't have any break. <coughs> and that is literally true. So I'm not saying that that we need to become like Lama Sopa. You can keep up with him for one day. Uh, so uh, people need to take shift, shifts around him because nobody can uh, keep up. But it can be like it can be like an inspiration of what is possible for a human being who has really opened to uh, uh, to uh, to bodhicitta. It's like. He never closes his door and says, Oh, Roger, let's take a, let's take a break. Let's have a cup of tea. <coughs> <coughs> I have been with him several times uh, over f- weeks. Uh, at, and, uh, and it's amazing. It's like a stream of people in pain coming. A stream of projects. I mean, it's like, it's amazing that he can, that he can be in that cent- in the center of all these activities, and be full of joy. You have to see it. I mean, probably you think this is impossible. It's crazy. You, you really, it's worth to actually, uh, you know, to confirm that. Seek out some of these masters and just hang around and, and observe them. That's probably more inspiring and it lets you know more about bodhicitta than you know, reading books and uh, uh, you know, knowing how to develop bodhicitta. If, if, you, if you notice uh, that it's actually not a science fiction, that it is actually something which uh, which we can embody. And again, it's something we also know. Uh, it's like, you no, know, like we all have been in projects where we felt this is meaningful, this is joyful, we are together in this. And there was a, there was a joy and a, we, we, a creativity and a, we didn't get tired so so easily, and we could push a bit more, and um, so it is something. Of course, then we have to be realistic. And and it's difficult, of course, to let go. 
And that's a good question. Why is it so difficult? What do we get out of being so occupied with our own thoughts, with our own feelings? It's not because we are bad people. There's, some, we, we, there's a mistake. Yeah, so, and that mistake can be corrected for all of us. That's what the Buddha find out, that there's a reason, a root cause for, this, uh, for, for the preoccupation with the mini-me. The definition of bodhicitta, like if you would uh, ask a, uh, a lama and he would have only one minute time. Uh, so the definition is of bodhicitta is, it is the intention to become a Buddha for the benefit of all living beings. So it's talking about intention. The intention Let's translate it a bit into more like Western words. It's the intention to bring out your potential. No, it's the intention to what Jung calls to individuate, the process of individuation. It's the intention to come out with what you have to give. It's, it's the intention to shine. Not with fame, to shine with love, to shine with creativity, to shine with courage. Not in big things. We're talking about little things here. No, uh, I've just read recently that in a, in a lifetime, we, all of us, we meet around 1,000 people. We no, no, not meet. We know around 1,000 people in, in the average. So that's 1,000 people. But these 1,000 people, they also know 1,000 people. So you are two people away from like a billion people. Uh, so it's little things. It's, it's little things make a difference. And we have no clue what you know, a little act of random kindness, what kind of effects that has. No? One thousand million, a million people, and then three, then you have almost the whole, like you are, I don't know how many people you are away from everyone here. It's like three, four, five people or something. Like that. So, to, uh, and, and to ind individuate uh, and to bring out the best in you, uh, and to, and, to, and to use your life for that, to put that into the center of your life, into the, in, into the you, know, you can talk, sometimes in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, they talk about the mandala of your life, which is your past, your present, and your future, all your relationships, and all your connections with everything. So that's the mandala of your life. So you know, if... In the center of the mandala of your life is fame, and this is just an example. Uh, that's a modest choice. And we all, all, all already know it's not where genuine happiness is, is really being found. Probably most of the famous people on this planet are the most uh, unhappy people. 
so uh, bodhicitta is when you put into the center of the mandala of your of your of your life your healing your growth your individuation and for some of us that that might mean that we put that we need to put a lot of um, a lot of time money and energy into personal emotional healing for the benefit of all for this in the service for others because if we don't do that then instead of uh, reducing the suffering in this world through our attempt to help we will add to the suffering in this world we will just create a mess because you know the attempt to help and you know like to be become a compassionate bulldozer um, because we are in need and because we want to be seen and uh, we want to have something back and we want to have love that's so exhausting and it's not going to work out good for you so bodhicitta is uh, the the intention and the intention is like it's like the really like being passionate about it like making that the on the list on the priority list number 1 number 1 awakening awakening to uh, so bodhicitta the essence yeah the heart essence <coughs> for the benefit of all so <coughs> they say uh actually in bodhicitta the the second part for the benefit of all is a bit more important than the awakening part can you say again the second part for the benefit of all is more important than the awakening part so first is like a a deep longing to dedicate your life to 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 reduce the suffering the pain in the world to reduce the violence in the world like you can't stand it anymore and, and also you don't want to ignore it anymore you don't want to ignore it anymore and you don't want to and you can't stand it anymore so of course that feels pretty overwhelming and that's something one needs to look at so why is it like that someone like lama sopa and uh, his holiness the lama who are who have their heart completely open and who see much more pain and suffering than we do how is it that they are not overwhelmed this is a very important question if i would have figured it out i would tell you but i, I you know this is an really an important question because that's like you know we want to open but <gasps> this is like too much i mean just to open to the suffering of one person s- seems to to be too much for us 
what is that? What is it what we still want to defend there? What is, why is it? And that it is possible, uh, then His Holiness and Lama Sopa and the Karmapa, they are examples of that, that it is possible. Try to, try, try to find out uh, how and tell me. Of course, it, the Buddhist, the Buddhist uh, answer to that is uh, when you f- if you feel overwhelmed in this process of opening your heart, what is lacking is wisdom. And that's why I will talk on, on wisdom on Sunday. Yeah? So Wednesday is Bodhicitta, Sunday wisdom. The two wings, yeah, the two wings in the in the Mahayana tradition: wisdom and compassion, shunyata and bodhicitta. So, to help others, uh, to want to help others, this longing, and in the Mahayana tradition, they say that there's actually kind of two different kinds of people. One, one kind of people, they, they would think when they, when, they, when, if, when they hear the word service, that your life is about service, that your life is about helping others, they just would, would walk out of this room. <coughs> no, they, it's, not, it's not attractive to them. They think it's... That's stupid. What a stupid idea. But then there's many people in a strange way, and probably most of us are part of that, they feel just like it speaks to them. Somehow it makes sense. Yeah. Wow, someone finally says what I feel in my heart, that my life is about service. My life is about healing. My life is about helping. My life is about reaching out and making a difference. Or they call it the the Mahayana seed. So those people who uh, who uh, who would be more inspired by get me out of here, I have enough. Yeah. So they are called the Hinayana practitioners. So it's like get me out of here. This is hopeless. Samsara is hopeless. I can't do anything about it. The best thing I can do with my life is to try to get out of here. And that's what they dedicate their life to. The Bodhisattva path is different. The Bodhisattva path says, as long as space remains, as long as there's suffering, I will be here. And I will try my best to help, to reduce suffering as best as I can, forever. As long as space remains, as long as they are living beings. Now that's a, an important verse by the Master Shantideva. His Holiness the Dalai Lama often quotes that verse. So are you in? So, 
let's answer that question uh, uh, end of the year. Yeah? If we have a bit more idea what we sign up to on, on the Bodhisattva path. Yeah? So when that becomes uh, that intention to wake up, that intention to make awakening and healing, healing yourself. And so healing means to heal that which prevents you to live up to your potential. So the healing and, and then bringing forth what you have to give. If that uh, comes towards the center of your life, you are a bodhisattva. You are, you become a son or a daughter of all the Buddhas. When we, uh, when, when it then says, uh, uh, so to become a Buddha, you know, maybe when you hear the word Buddha, it seems to be like, like science fiction or like, you know, some fairy tales or like uh, something, yeah, Buddha, you know. Yeah. So don't use that word. What, no, it's like, a, it's talking about your potential. It's, it's talking about your, your inborn kindness. And it is there. It, it, it is there. You, 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 you are kind sometimes. And uh, if you are kind, then, you know, that feels so good. And it makes us happy. It's, the, uh, you know, the kindness is the, it's like, kindness is so beautiful. Isn't kindness something to, to, to live for? It's like... Uh, and and it's like uh, it's a it's that's also again uh, shared by humans, and there's always kindness. It's amazing, even in the most horrible circumstances. I mean, we get all the news about the terrible things, you know, like, and then we might get this idea: it's, oh, it's terrible, and it goes down, and you know, and but. And the same time, in all these terrible moments which are in the news, is surrounded by kindness. People rushing there. No, twelve people are killed. Fifty people rushing there and trying to help, and or fifty, like hundreds, thousands. Uh, uh, it's like uh, the news are completely uh, partial. They, 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 they just, they just bring us, uh, you know, the horrible, exciting thing, and not the boring kind thing. So, and it's, it's like, you know, when you are in a, in a difficult, in a very difficult period in your life. Uh, or if your life in general is quite full of struggles and look for kindness. And, and you, you know, it's like you just need to go to the train station and sit there for an hour. 
and you see the mother looking after her child, you know, <coughs> family members coming uh, after some time of absence, being greeted by people, you know, people being lost and asking, like travelers and people helping them. And uh, it's like, uh, and if something happens, like someone falls or, you know, some, someone injure, injures himself, it's like immediately, immediately you are being helped. So that's uh, so. The, so when we talk about Buddha, you know, find if that is turning you off, or you you feel it's too you know, like, then then use more grounded words, words which makes your sense, which which makes sense to you, which you can feel. Yeah, how would it be if I could? if I could nurture that flame of kindness in my heart, how would that be? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be healthy for me? Let's uh, have a short meditation. And uh, this meditation, I, will, uh, I would like to invite you a bit to reflect on kindness and care you have received or you're receiving in your life. So, take a few moments to adjust your posture first and then you check in again. How is it for you to be here now? Notice the breath coming and going. Then I invite you to bring your mind uh, back into moments, uh, situations, experiences where you experienced kindness from others, care from others. And allow uh, just one or two or three situations appear and, and notice how it makes you feel to think about kindness. And that could be friends, you know, you have had friends in your life. It could be strangers, maybe particularly when we are traveling, we have experiences like that.
it could be a, a teacher or someone who explained you something It could be someone making you a cup of tea and cooking for you. Now a family member, maybe you have memories from childhood. You, you were born having nothing and knowing nothing. You wouldn't have survived even for, for a day. So we were helpless the first few years. And we had to experience kindness and care and concern from others, otherwise we wouldn't be here. So stay connected with your body and not making a big deal of out of it. It does not need to feel particular strong, just uh, appreciation that whatever you learned in your life you have received from others. Maybe maybe you, you had experiences with kind nurses or doctors, therapists, policemen, shopkeepers. Have you experienced emergency situations where people jumped in and helped you, even people you didn't know? It's amazing that people do that. I mean, the whole, uh, whole society is based, particularly the Scandinavian society, are so based on looking after each other. It's something we kind of take for granted sometimes, but it's quite amazing that so you stay connected with your body and just take in without making a big deal uh, on some of the kindness you have experienced today and yesterday mm. and actually throughout your life from the first day.
So the this short reflection is part of the one of the traditional approaches uh, to uh, to discover bodhicitta within you. And uh, I have a guided meditation which is a bit longer, like 25 minutes, where I give, go a bit more into details. It's on my SoundCloud SoundCloud profile. It's called. Uh, Connecting with the kindness around you. So if you want to uh, do this meditation a few times, uh, it's, uh, it's really, uh, f- traditionally, it's one of the important puzzles uh, of uh, evoking uh, and connecting with that. Uh, with that kindness and care we have received, and then they're automatically they're, they're, they're slowly coming in the response, you know, so kind of, wow, oh, yeah. Uh, it made a difference for me. Kindness makes such a difference for me. I mean, just when I go into a shop and someone sees me and is kind, that that makes my day. So that makes me wonder how I am when I'm behind the, you know, in my job, where, like when I uh, meet customers in my job, or, uh, that makes me wonder, can I, can I make a difference like that in the life of my customers, of my students, of my clients? <coughs> Okay, so just um, repeating uh, in a short way some of the facets, 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 facets of um, this jewel of bodhicitta. Sometimes it's depicted as a jewel, like Shinrizik. That's the Buddha of compassion. So that's the Buddha of Bodhicitta. And um, it's like an archetypical symbol of that that essence in you, the Bodhicitta essence in you. And uh, and he has uh, this blue jewel in his hands. You know, that's the, as a symbol of Bodhicitta in front of his heart. So one thing is, bodhicitta is born from compassion. And compassion has a lot to do to be in touch with your own suffering, with your own, fr- with your own struggle, with your own difficult emotions. That's where empathy grows from. Uh, so, and, and that's like really the difference to the this sucks, get me out of here. Uh, it's really kind of the opposite, it's towards. It's towards what it means to be human. And so to slow down and to, and, to, uh, and to learn to be with your difficulties, with your struggles, with your pain. 
and seeing that as a as the stepping stone to genuinely connect with others who struggle in the same way we all struggle and i'm struggling just like you i mean don't think in any way that my relationship is easier than yours or it's it's not like that somehow i ended up here but you know that's just coincidence so we all struggle so that's bodhicitta is growing out of compassion and compassion has a lot to do with daring to get in touch with your pain with your struggle with your difficult emotions bodhicitta has a vision of wholeness within it you know of wholeness like there's the vision and that's the vision of bodhicitta it's a symbol it's a symbol of uh, of uh, something in you and uh, and that of course makes a big difference because otherwise if you come in touch with your own suffering and through that you come in touch with the suffering of others it will make you hopeless you will fall in despair it's like it's too much so but bodhicitta has this vision of wholeness this vision of health this uh, this experience that beneath all the struggle and beneath all the wounds there is something which is basically indestructible sane in you <coughs> basically an indestructible whole within you and and that is something all the spiritual traditions all the mystics talks about that that is something in our nature so part of uh developing bodhicitta is to start to recognize that in yourself to start to trust your basic health it's a different kind of health it's a health which has been is and will be always there untouched by all the struggle and so the the struggle the the suffering the resistance all that is adventitious it's uh, transient and if you more you start to discover and trust that in yourself in your meditation practice more you s- will see it in others and so and that's so important because from the point of view of bodhicitta if you come from bodhicitta and you look at other people nobody is lost nobody is hopeless no, we, sometimes it seems like that that a situation is hopeless or that a person is in a hopeless situation but that's because we just have a, such a narrow view <coughs> on, on on the whole journey of this consciousness you no know, we are streams of consciousness meeting and then from our catastrophe we see the catastrophe of the others and it's just like this short moment and we don't see we don't have the bigger perspective 
So that's that's how his holiness, when he sees people, he 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 sees and responds to the suffering, but he also sees and is in touch with the potential you have. He sees your basic goodness. And this makes a huge difference when you when you are with people in crisis. You see there is something else also happening. There is the suffering and the struggle and seems to be hopeless, the addiction or whatever the, the problem is, the, the mental uh, turmoil, but you also see kind of behind, behind. And you see from your own goodness, you recognize the goodness in the other people, the indestructible goodness. So then there is uh, this aspect of bodhicitta that it gives us meaning, that it gives us... Uh, it. So when you start to connect with bodhicitta, then all the activities in your life become meaningful. Because everything you do becomes part of that awakening project. Sleeping, eating, shopping, having a Facebook account, going to a party. Um, you know, all, that, all, all of that can be integrated in your relationship, having children, not having children. Anything, anything will be, will be part of that, that will be part. There will be this there can be this undercurrent of bodhicitta in all these activities. How do you do? A, how do you have a party? So let's say, you no, know, you have you go to a party, or you give a party. Let's say you give a party. Now, you can have different intention to uh, um, uh, to give a party. You no, know, when in the center of your life right now is to get a partner, to have a partner. And that's the intention. You enter the party. That's what the party then is. That's what you. The undercurrent in this party is. Oh, who will it be? Who will it be? Ah, so checking out. You know. So it's like a very, uh, a very narrow way to go to a party. Probably, uh, it will be disastrous. <laughs> we, we all have been there. You know? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> And then with 40, we give up. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> shit, this project didn't work out. <laughs> um, so, but the, then another intention could be, you, know, you give a party because you want to do social networking. Like, you, know, you are like a businessman. Like a businessman, the center in, a, in the life of a businessman is his business, his career. So he will go to a party. Oh, so like some, where is someone you know I can use for my business, for my connection? Is there someone who can help me? It's like social networking. So it will be. So it will be the same party, two different people, and it will be completely different. Now, you give a party as an act of generosity, as a like you want to make, you want to bring friends together, you want to. You want to make people doing something together. You want to create a good atmosphere. You want to, you want to make your friends happy, and you want to make them meet each other. And and 
and then so and then you and then you do that party with that intention and so the whole party for these three people is a completely different things different thing and uh, in in that way we can so bodhicitta is really the key in the mahayana tradition to transform everything what you do into a meaningful aspect into a meaningful part of your growth in the same way someone who has business in his in the in the in the center of his life he goes to the fitness center because he needs to be fit he has even a wife because no that's good on the cv uh you know it's like sleeping eating you know the hobbies you know the the holiday everything is in this current of oh how can this serve my 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 career how can this serve my business so that's how bodhicitta can can if that becomes the undercurrent in our life that's the key to you know from the mayana point of view if you meditate to feel better that's very modest it's like that's not spiritual practice from the mayana point of view but if you go shopping with the with with, with bodhicitta with the intention to bring kindness into the world then that is shopping a spiritual practice nobody would see it nobody would think of it as spiritual practice everyone thinks oh the one who is meditating that's spiritual practice but this person just wants to feel better that's all so when you when people ask okay how can i uh how can i bring how can i do you know making breakfast for my children going to my job you know paying my bills how can i how can i transform that into spiritual practice find out what bodhicitta is and let yourself be inspired by bodhicitta okay bodhicitta has has this aspect of courage bodhisattva sometimes that is also translated as a spiritual warrior yeah so it is it is the courage to work with your own shit which is necessary and it is the courage to then to go beyond the self-centeredness the narcissistic preoccupation with your own needs to go beyond that and that's very courageous okay so any questions comments yes <clears throat> how could i transform if sitting on the cushion to feel well 
it's not spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. How can I sit on my cushion and make it become spiritual practice then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking of everyone else well. Yeah. To extend it yeah. kind of to the whole world or yes, yeah. Surrounding. So, so uh, in the in the in the tradition, what you would do is uh, as an as part of the entry protocol to sitting on the cushion, no? the entry entry protocol like uh, preparation. You would um, you would connect with you would ask yourself, oh, why why I'm doing this. What is the what is the meaning of this? So of course you might, and then you might find yeah I want to calm down. But then you could go a bit deeper and you could ask okay why do I want to calm down? Why why do I want to feel better? And so you would dig a bit deeper, and uh, and then and then you would. And then you would uh, discover, ah, there is also, I actually, I actually, well, one of my concerns is that I want to be a good mother. I don't want to put my shit onto my children. And that's why I sit down, because I, I need to take care of my reactivity, because I want to break the chain of bringing the shit into the next generation. So, and then, and then you could, from there you could go even further, then you could say, yeah, okay, it's, of course I don't want to put the shit, my shit onto my children, but what's with the neighbor's children? They are also children. They are like my children. They also want, you know, so, and then you could extend from that. Uh, and, uh, and in the in the in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, you would be uh, supported by some prayers to do this kind of reflection. So you would take a part of your practice time, like you have maybe 20, 25 minutes of practicing. You would take like five minutes in the beginning to reflect like this. And then more you. Uh, get familiar with bodhicitta, and you, then you find you will find your own uh, entrance ways into into a more altruistic uh, intention. And then, in the end of the practice, uh, you do in the Tibetan tradition you do something which is called dedication. So, in the end of the practice. You kind of return to the intention, and and you, and you kind of you connect with, kind of a prayer. So, you say in the end, okay, may this, uh, may my own healing, may my own calmness, which I, uh, which I discovered through the breathing meditation, may that actually benefit my children. May they benefit from that. Yes. Um, so <coughs> about this, how to not to get what you call it, like caught in. Uh, if you do something good, to do it without expectation to get something back, mm. uh, 
back 20 years ago, uh, me and my sisters, we started a, a, a we wanted to do, we had a very good intention, <laughs> absolutely not. Mm. We wanted to do something to get something back. It was like a, a very spontaneous thing. And we arranged a, a big Christmas party for homeless people. And it all started like, oh yeah, we should do. And, uh, and then the newspaper got a hold of this story. Mm. And uh, like I said, 20 years ago, but it was like, we were in the in Christmas morning in television for uh, like for several years and the headlines it was like the the Mother Teresa of Stockholm and you know really and every time both me and my sister uh, I did it for three years this only for uh, Christmas and, and mm. Easter and every time a journalist talked to us I really really meant what I said please don't do that headlines please and I uh, was because it was like hundreds, thousands of people who really helped without expecting anything. I had people driving from up north down for several miles to bring uh, fresh bread for the evening. And, and the people who came to the evening was like almost a thousand homeless, lonely people. I mean, I mean you saw really, really mm. suffering. And I felt really bad of the, these headlines, and I really felt bad. Mm. But then, this is the point with the story, because at the same time, I mean, everybody I had stopped me in the store, <laughs> oh, it's you, and uh, they named me, like in the paper, the mm. woman of the year, and I get like, nominated for the leader of Sweden, like a big nomination. And somehow, all this, like, get to me, and then, when I stopped doing this party, they, someone took over, and so it continued, and I still continued this celebration, uh, mm. and I did, took it from Stockholm to Malmö, and then I, I went to one of these parties. Oh, I, I feel embarrassed now, but I went there, and they didn't recognize me, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they came there, yeah. and it was like, and they said, oh, you want to help here, you can stand in the, and I felt, I I, yeah, yeah. I I disliked all all these years. I really was like, please, I'm nobody. No. I feel embarrassed, mm. and then I felt mm. like, oh, but mm. it's me. Mm -hmm. you know, and I, it's, yeah, and I still this like yeah, I said 20 years ago, but I still feel embarrassed because I, I mm. really, wow, I really took this. I felt like a good person. Mm -hmm. I start to feel like, mm -hmm. oh, and that was not my intention. It's no. like it took over. Yeah. There's a lot in, in that, what you, uh, what you say. Uh, I mean, a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, interesting things to explore. Um, yeah. But some, some pride. Isn't that? Is it? It's okay, isn't it? We're just humans. That could be said to that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's one thing because yeah. I, I, I said that too. Yeah, I'm proud of what I look at. So many. I'm uh -huh. proud that I started this, but to feel that because I never went back <laughs> either. So it was really, uh, it, it, I couldn't take that. Like, mm -hmm. It is a good... It was it, a bad feeling. Yeah. Like, it, oh, it, it's so a, when I'm not the one, yeah. then I can't, I mm -hmm. should stand there and 
giving it, up food, and, but yeah, you couldn't it, do that it, because it, I felt like no, this ah, it said something. It said, I mean, it showed something. What what was also there. Um, so that, in that sense, it's good. It was like a you you recognize something in you. You were surprised. Wow! I thought, I thought there was no. Yeah, yeah, yes. So it kind of it burst a bit the bu bubble of this ideal idea you had about yourself. So that's good. So it's like. <laughs> yes, and and then, yeah, and then uh, the challenge to work with that in a kind way, yeah, like not to, not to, like beat yourself up for it, but to just recognize, wow, I'm just like everyone else. Uh, it's like uh, I, I get caught, and. That's true because it's like a twist of that. If I can't recognize that I have that feeling, then it's like thinking I'm above that feeling as well. So it's a yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's such a challenge not to buy into the projections of other people. And this is one of the. You know, really big challenges not to not to confuse what other people project on you and who you really are. Particularly in like as a teacher, in in, in any kind of uh, in roles like that. So uh, that's so true because it's, like when I said to them, I don't want that headline. I don't want that, and they put it there anyway. They yeah. said, okay, yeah, it's not me. Put the headline, and they put it anyway. Yeah. But the main reason, to be honest, that I didn't want to do because I felt uh, not worthy. Like I felt, but I'm not. I don't have uh -huh. that. Fit. They put me here. Like I'm. Yeah. And we just did it for like a spontaneous, and then they make yeah. it sound like. And the fall down is very. Mm. Um, like I felt like a, uh, a fraud. Like mm -hmm. you put me here. Like I'm, and I'm not. I'm just. We did mm. it, and we talk, and it's just like a snowball yeah. effect. So, like, so. <laughs> So even that, this first move of not wanting to put there, which seems to be kind of honor, honorable, if you look into it, you can also recognize, oh, also there was some confusion. Maybe it was too much of, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's how, how we are, this is how it is. We are, we are complex beings with you know, different motivations and intentions mixing up and, uh, and it's so fascinating to get to know, to, to become, to get to know all, all of that. Yeah. yeah, I think we have to stop there, but they, it's, it's, it's a very good story and there's a lot, a lot to, uh, to explore there with this, what you, what you, what you said. You, you wanted to say something? It was just what you said that it's it's not only you creating this pride, but it's an, the interaction mm -hmm. between you and the media and the other people. And so it's not just your feelings and your pride, but something mm -hmm. in a social context. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like projection. 
to end the story with a, a, a good thing because like just maybe last year I by accident find a notice someone had been to this party so it was not directed to me I found by accident and they had changed the life of this person person so this is also a story about mm. how you do something and you don't even know what mm. happened mm. and it also mm. started like this newspaper the, the homeless people sell newspaper now uh, the, one started this and that, you know so so many things that our name is not with anybody yeah I feel like didn't continue mm. so and that's a good feeling and, and yeah it's it's also uh, one one thing one little thing is you no know, the culture if you would have been american you would have moved in that situation completely different mm -hmm. you know, in this kind this kind of ah who am i i can't be in the headlines that's swedish <laughs> and that's not always the most helpful because maybe for the case it would have been good if you would have stepped into the situation and would have taken over that seat of you know, being the inspiring person. Mm. Uh, could be. It could, it could have been also your downfall. So maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> because this is one of the most dangerous places to be, to sit in positions like this. <laughs>